Welcome to Sharpened Artist, a color pencil podcast. Weekly discussions in and around this medium that we love so much. Hey there, welcome back to the show. My name is John Middick of SharpenedArtist.com, and this is the Sharpened Artist Color Pencil Podcast. Today I've got for you a little bit of a shorter show, so I think this is an important thing to talk about, though. Recently, I saw someone online discussing how overwhelmed they get because they just don't know how to get started on their project. Do I use my own reference photo? And if so, what reference photo should I use? What should I draw? And then how to prepare that reference photo? And the list can go on and on and on and on. And depending on who you listen to or who you read after, You may be reading a book on colored pencil, and it may say that you can just use royalty-free reference photos. So admittedly, there are a lot of considerations to think about when you get started drawing in colored pencil or doing any art medium. So I know the overwhelm can be real. And, you know, you're thinking about, okay, what should my workspace look like? Do I use a slanted desk or a flat desk? Do, what about my lighting? What about the materials I use? What about the support? What about the pencils? What about uh, the chair? And the list goes on and on. What about the photo reference? So, and I'm not going to handle all of those today, but I do want to narrow in on one aspect that I think is so critical and so, so important. Some of the other mechanics you might be able to figure out, and you'll work towards certain things as you move along. For instance, you know, I didn't start out with the desk that I have today. I didn't start out with the chair that I have today. So you you start leveling up some of the supplies and materials and other things that help you create art. But one thing I think is consistently extremely important, very, very important, And that is your reference photo. Okay, so I want to narrow in on that today for just a moment, very quickly. I just want to talk to you about how to take the overwhelm out of prepping your photo. So I simply want to call this show Prepping Your Photo. And I want to take this down to its base level and just talk about how to make this simple, how to go about getting a photo reference that you can use to draw from and to make this just a little less confusing and not so overcomplicated and overwhelming. Okay, what do you do? Well, this is what I do. Maybe it'll help you. I usually look around at around, I don't know, 50 sometimes. uh, Sometimes it's on the lower side, around 10 different reference photos that I've taken of a particular model. Uh, If it's a still life, you know, that would be different. But most of the time I'm I'm, uh, drawing portraits and so... I'm looking at 10 to 50, sometimes more, reference photos of a model. And then I narrow that down, and I start liking particular poses of the particular model. And then I will drag those over into a separate folder, the ones that I like, and maybe use a star system or some kind of ranking system on your computer. Somehow you want to narrow that and don't look at 50 to 200 photos at one time. Look at that at the initial stage of the process and then narrow that down and say, okay, I'm only going to work with, I'm going to look at maybe 10 to 20 of these. And then I'm going to pick a few that I really like. 
And then I'm going to narrow this down to one, one photo that I really love. Okay. Now it doesn't matter that when, after you start, you may want to use a whole bunch of other photos of the model as well so that you can see different angles. You can see uh, this particular face more clearly, but ne- please just narrow it. This will take the overwhelm out of it. Narrow it down just to one though, that you want to try to emulate as close as possible. You know, you're, and that, I don't mean that you're going to copy this verbatim. You're not going to be a photocopyist, right? But you're going to use it as your main reference. Okay. After you do that, after you narrow it down to one, take that one photo that you like, put it in Photoshop or put it in another program that I really love is paint.net, put it in paint.net or use one of your apps on your iPad or some other application or even your phone, if that's all you've got and take a look at it and go ahead and save three different versions of it or four. I I like four Uh, and maybe five, but if you want this to be extremely simple, just make it three, a darker version. So what do I mean by that? I am going to take my photo into Photoshop and I usually shoot in RAW. So if you shoot in JPEG, it, it'll be slightly different, but I, I take it into uh, a RAW editor and uh, make some corrections in there. But the same thing is true for what I'm going to discuss. Well, all I'm going to do is I'm going to make a darker version, a lighter version, and a just right version. So the first thing that I'll do is I will adjust the brightness. You know, I'll make it darker. I'll turn it down. Go negative, uh, maybe 100 on that darker version. Okay. Another thing that you could do is you could play around with exposure if uh, you want to get a little more granular with it. And that uh, does something just a little bit different than using uh, brightness and contrast. Okay. But both are good. You could do either one or both. Take it into exposure if I'm in Photoshop and I can darken that exposure by, you know, one or two stops, maybe three. And there you go. I've got a darker version. It can be as simple as that. I could also hype up the contrast, though, and the brightness level of that same dark photo, and it will clearly identify for me where some of the brightest areas in the photo are. That's what I'm going to use to render my whites or to render the light areas in the photo. Okay. I'm going to use that dark version to see the lights. The reverse or the opposite is true. When I want to render the darks, I'm going to use my lightest version. So I'm going to do the very same thing in reverse, right? I'm going to take that just right photo and I'm going to make it brighter. Uh, and I'm also going to lessen the contrast. And maybe I'll take the exposure up just a little bit because I'm creating a lighter version and I'm looking in the shadows when I do that. Okay, now I do a save as on those copies, make those copies for myself, just call it Whatever my subject is, I'm, I'm going to uh, do a drawing of Bob, right? So I'll do Bob space lighter, Bob space darker, Bob main reference. And then those are my references. And then I will print out 
the just right or the Goldilocks photo, right? And then I'll print out the darker and the lighter. But to begin with, I'm probably going to be using that uh, just right version to look at it and to get my line drawing on there, you know, and that's really a different topic and I'm going to save that for another time. But I just want to take the overwhelm out of this particular process. Print the Goldilocks version. Remember Goldilocks and the Three Bears? Um, She was trying the porridge and she says, oh, one's too hot. This one's too cold. This one's just right. So that's what we're doing. We're doing one version that is too dark, one that's too light, and one version of a reference photo that is just right. I recommend printing these out. After you get these set the way that you want them, print them out so that you have a physical hard copy, yes, on paper, right there beside your drawing project. And when you start out then, and you're using the Goldilocks one, the main reference that you're going to draw from, and then the next thing I do is I want that lighter version right there beside me as well. Because I'm going to start with my darkest values first. That's usually the way I approach my color pencil pieces, okay? That's what I recommend. That's a good way to go. Now, let's talk for just a moment, though, about, you know, what what do you need? Do you need just these physical copies? Is that enough? Or do you want to uh, have this on an iPad or on your monitor, on your screen, to be able to view it that way? And then that's fine to do that. I actually like both. I like more of a hybrid approach to that. And I would recommend, though, printing them. And then if you want to have them on an iPad, I think that's a good way to go, especially if you have an iPad that you can lay down flat on your surface. Now, I don't mean horizontal to the floor, but I mean flat against whatever surface you're drawing on. So if you've got a board that you're drawing on, I have a desktop easel that I draw on. And so it's at an angle. And because of that, it can lie down there flat and it can emulate just as closely as possible the hard copy references that I have right next to my drawing project. That's the way I like to do it. I also have it available oftentimes on my monitor from my computer that's sitting right there by my, by my drawing surface. And I can zoom in to areas over there. Now, let me just put a little caveat in here, though, and a word of warning that if you're drawing and you're looking over there constantly at a monitor and you're drawing mostly from, you know, inside Photoshop or paint.net, another one that I love, but you're looking at it on a screen, is that screen parallel? Is it in the same orientation as your drawing surface? Probably not. Probably not. And so just remember that. That sometimes when you're translating in your head from this angle over here that you see on your monitor to what you're drawing drawing on your drawing surface, sometimes that can get a little confusing because you're interpreting now, okay, I'm looking at this vertically up here. You know, I'm holding my head straight. I'm looking across now at my monitor. And so I'm looking at something that is, you know, this horizontal plane to my face and it's in a vertical position and then I move my head down I bend my head down and I look at my angled easel 
or flat on my desk. If you're drawing flat, I don't recommend drawing flat though. If at all possible, at least have an angled surface. But anyway, the point is this, if I'm looking at it on a monitor and then I'm looking at it on my drawing surface, those planes are different. And I can really come up with some interesting caricatures uh, instead of having a representational drawing. So just be careful about that and make sure that you're doing something that will translate easily to the drawing orientation that you have on your surface. So that's why I recommend printing out that hard copy, that paper copy, using printer paper when you print that out. Now, I know some of my students, they like to use a little bit better photo uh, paper quality whenever they print out one of their photos. That's a good way to go as well. I just use the printer paper uh, so that I can draw on it. I can write on it. I can measure on it and do things like that. So either way, um, it's not a, a bad thing to do, though, to have a better version of the you know paper quality, like a photo paper quality with a matte finish so that it's not glaring back at you if it's got some reflection from the light. That's a good way to go as well. All right. So uh, I hope that this helps. Now, let me talk just for a moment about a couple of other things. One thing that you'll want to start doing if, uh, especially if you're just starting out and you're just starting to use your own reference photos. And by the way, if you're brand new to drawing and you're just now starting to use your own reference photos, maybe you've graduated beyond just doing tutorials from other people and you're starting to use your own reference photos. I applaud you big time in that. Uh, I'm very encouraged by that anytime I see that. So, you know, my hat's off to you. Great job. Keep up the good work. But please be sure that you have a clear, in-focus shot and that this photo is shot large enough where you can zoom in and you can see small details. Inspiration, just because we like the pose or something like that, is not enough when we're starting out, especially for new to a subject matter, especially like portraits, let's say. Then you want to make sure you're able to see all the details. That's very important, especially when just starting out. Okay, lastly, I want to say one last thing, discuss one last thing very quickly about this entire process. You've prepped your photo, you've got the lighter, the darker, and the just right version, and you're actually creating the shadows, you're being able to create the contour, and you're getting past the line drawing stage. You've got something now down on paper that is starting to look like your subject. That's great. I like to use that grizzly method, so I'm starting with the darkest shadows first, and I'm rendering those first. But here's what happens. Invariably, you're going to lose that line drawing. You're going to lose these boundary marks that you made at the very beginning, right? Okay, now when that happens, here's where those photo editing skills become so critical. I like to take this back into Photoshop or Paint.net and create a layer on top of my reference photo of my drawing. So use your cell phone if you have to, if that's the only thing you've got. But the best thing to do is to take a scan of your drawing project. Take a scan of what it looks like right now 
and then take that image, lay it on top, create another layer on top of your drawing uh, reference, and then turn down the opacity so that you can see where those inconsistencies are. Now, you'll have to measure it up. You'll have to make sure that it lines up exactly identical to, uh, or as close as you can get it, to the reference. So your drawing and your reference are in one project file. I'm talking about on the computer. They're in one photo file, right? One PSD file if you're in Photoshop. Uh, you can do this in paint.net as well. But you, you'll want to turn down the opacity. I like to turn it down on my drawing. And so that I've got that layer then, and it fades away as I move the opacity down and I uh, reduce that opacity so that I can see the image of the reference behind it. And what happens when I do that is I can see where I'm off on my drawing. Another thing that works really well is creating the canvas, uh, you know, extending that canvas from your reference photo out a little bit further, uh, either in the right or the left direction, and then putting a layer of your particular drawing right beside the reference. That's another thing I like to do because now I can see them side by side. I can flick my eyes back and forth from left to right, looking at different areas on my drawing from my reference back and forth, and I'll notice the inconsistencies and I'll know where I'm getting a little bit off. Now, don't wait until you're almost done with your drawing to do this, okay? Especially if you're just starting out. If you're just starting out and you're starting to use your own reference photos, then do this quite often. Do it in the early stages of the drawing process. There will come a time, trust me, where you won't have to do this. But you're going to save yourself a lot of aggravation by doing it early and doing it often throughout the drawing process. All right. I hope that helped. This is more of a, an overview. And, um, you know, Barb isn't with me this week on this particular show. She'll be joining me here soon. Uh, and we'll have some great interviews coming up. This is a very, very busy season for all of us. And uh, so I just want you to know, I really appreciate you so, so much. I did want to say one quick word about the Art Bundle for Good, number six. The Art Bundle for Good 2021, uh, if you're on my email list, then you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. This is an incredible, an incredible program. I'm so excited to be a part of it again uh, another year. Uh, you've got over 100 products in this deal. This is the last day for this particular sale, guys. So for 97 bucks. You get over $5,000 worth of art courses. It's incredible. I will have a link set up for you over there in the show notes. And so it, it covers um, colored pencil uh, drawing. There are, there are several colored pencil uh, projects within this particular bundle this year. So I'm excited about that. But it's not only about uh, colored pencil. There's watercolor. There is art journaling, sketching, mixed media. Acrylic painting, oil painting, stencils, collage, pastel pencils, color pencil, like I mentioned, uh, stamp carving. The list goes on and on and on and on. So big names in the industry. Uh, Veronica Winters also has a course out here. Of course, I've got a course out there. I'm excited about that. But if you want the best deal, I, I don't know of a better deal than this, quite frankly. $5,000 worth of courses. 
and you get all that for 97 bucks with a 30-day refund uh, period. If uh, you decide it's not right for you, you have a chance to go ahead and get a full refund, no questions asked. So if that sounds like something that might appeal to you, uh, go check out the link in the show notes. All right, guys, this is the end of the show today. I appreciate you being here week to week. And I want to spotlight one of the reviews. I noticed we got a few reviews recently and one that just got just the other day in the month of November here. I want to read this one. It says, really awesome show. It's helped me find other artists and learn so much about the medium and other great art information. Keep up the great work. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate that review very, very much. One last review. This one says, fantastic show. Really look forward to listening each week. I've learned so much even though I don't use colored pencils, just graphite. I enjoy listening to Barb and was glad to learn she will be co-hosting. Awesome. I love it. Yeah, I'm excited about that as well. So, guys, this is a weekly show, and I appreciate you so much as a listener to the show. And especially if you're part of Member Circle over there in Monthly Sharpener, you guys are what you, you keep the lights on. And I appreciate you so, so much. All right. I will talk to you again next week. If you want to reach out to the show, you can always do that. Podcast at sharpenedartist.com. I would appreciate a five-star rating and or a review. It means a lot to me. Until we talk again, take care and stay sharp. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. All the show notes can be found at www.sharpenedartist.com. 